This is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. Welcome back to Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. I'm Kyle, and joining me is Cody. Hey! Hello! Our, our third musketeer is got the day off today. Out of commission? Out of commission, but that's okay. He'll be back next week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it'll just be us two, and it's gonna be it'll be a fun one. Yeah. We're gonna talk about 2022 pretty much. I know. We should have this conversation with Ken here, but he's just gonna pick all the dumb action movies, so <laughs> we already know what his favorites are. <laughs> right, right. Uh, pretty much, we'll just be going over uh, all of the big blockbusters for 2022, and we're gonna see, you know, which ones are for sure going to do well and which ones, you know, might be suitable, right? Might, might do some good business. I look at it as what is my first tier choice going into the new year and what am I concerned about? It might get benched to the second tier. So yeah, it should be an interesting conversation. Um, on the news front, the only big change we have to the release schedule is that turning red from Pixar is now going streaming only. So Disney took the, last Pixar film and is now going streaming only on Disney plus. Yeah. And this is week old news. Cause this announced after we were done recording our previous episode. Yeah. So I think we've had enough time to not be completely angry about it, but we can uh, talk about it still in a more mild mannered approach right? as I mean, compared to yelling. <laughs> <laughs> we, so we do our podcast usually on Fridays and we've been really good that way. All the news comes out you know, and we can talk about it, but, and we're timely in our, in our discussions, but <laughs> this news came out end of day Friday, not surprised so that they didn't get any backlash during the week. And, um, I, we were disappointed. We could really use a kid's movie. Now there are no kids films, uh, nothing animated, nothing for children till April? April with Sonic. Yeah. I mean, and then we get Sonic and bad guys, um, back to back so yeah and there's no way sing 2 is gonna hold, hold on up much longer no because it's available on streaming yeah. i mean it for a premium rental price but it's it's available on streaming and in kanto the last one it the last animated title is also now on disney plus so we right we don't have anything exclusive in the marketplace for animated kids films so i again it does it just hurts more that turning that disney did this with turning red because they were really primed to have that exclusive window where they were the only show in town for the four kids and right now the people going are families with children and teenagers and young adults so why not you know have a film for that audience out there yeah uh, i completely agree with that and it's also frustrating that this is now becoming a trend when it comes to Pixar movies. I mean, they did that last year with, or two years ago with soul and granted soul was in December of 2020. And there still was a lot of, um, a lot of things happening during that time to where it was difficult to see that happen, but it made sense to a degree. Right. That but, one made sense. But then we saw that happen this with, last year with Luca. And that made no sense because it, they could have gone day and date. Because that's what Universal did with Boss Baby, and Boss Baby still made money for Universal. In fact, right. it did great for theaters, even though it was on Peacock. So there was no excuse for Disney to do that with Luca. And now that we have had Encanto in the marketplace, and they saw how well Encanto did, 
there really is absolutely no justification for them doing this to turning red. Absolutely well, none. Zero. On, on top of that, too, uh, Ray and the Last Dragon came out to theaters in March when, yeah. you know, there was signs of life coming back to movie theaters, but we were still a long ways from a full return. Mm-hmm. And they still decided to go theater exclusive over streaming. But why is it that with Pixar, that's not being the case all of a sudden? I feel like they're really targeting Pixar films for this. But what is galling and the most calculating thing about all of this is that they chose to make this, they chose this decision. They made this decision after the holidays and after all the theaters had been playing the Turning Red trailer. Yeah been playing it on scene playing it on Encanto. they had gotten all the trailer placement they wanted they got all that free advertising all that marketing and then they pulled the date that to me feels like you can't trust disney you th- that felt like a calculated decision on disney's part because if they were hedging on this film they should never have let the theaters go out and then when we had clients get upset and say hey i'm not going to put trailers on for films that are not theater exclusive or not going to play in the theater i'm not here to market your disney plus streaming platform they threw it back at the face and said oh what do you mean you're not playing our trailers and got all bent out of shape and emotional over it Mm -hmm. so disney sometimes i want to just be like you can f off (laughs) you can f off on this but also give us Marvel products. But yeah, but also <laughs> give us your films. Like it's just such a, it's such a damned if you do, damned if you don't, you know, between a rock and a hard place. You can't tell Disney no. You need their product. You're completely at the mercy of them. But if you don't, if you stick up for yourself, even the slightest saying, I'm not going to play your trailers, they're saying you're not being a good theater part. You're not being a good exhibition partner. You. Yeah. <laughs> they're so good at gaslighting. It's oh, terrible. Yeah, I'm there's, sure. Feel, it makes you feel like there's nothing you can really do. Yeah. And it, this was definitely one of our biggest worries going to 2022 is mm-hmm. that despite there being a release slate and despite their uh, being studios saying, Oh yeah, this is what we're going to do. We're going to stick by theater exclusive plans for these specific movies. And then whether it's a week out from the release or a couple of months out from the release, what have you, they'll just decide, you know what? We won't have this be in theaters, go to streaming. Right. And it's just completely frustrating. It's probably, I mean, this doesn't have to do with theaters necessarily, but it's probably frustrating also for those working at Pixar, like three of their movies in in a row. And meanwhile, they're kind of getting the only good enough for streaming end of the bargain while Disney right. animation is, you know, getting to show their stuff in theaters. It's it's like you were part of the crown jewel of the animation world. You were yeah. almost you were at the pinnacle. You were Pixar. You had the you married the animate beautiful animation with the storytelling. And all of a sudden your last three films have gone nowhere. Have it, have been treated like secondary class, like just bait to get more subscribers for a streaming platform. That's all you, all you're doing is you're turning out bait. Yeah, it feels like Disney forgot how Pixar helped them out these past what twenty years or so yeah. when they've had their partnership. And, and granted, you know, obviously when it comes to young kids, they'll see a Pixar movie whether it's in theaters or on their TV, obviously. But at the same time, they're they were lifted up and established to be like one of the greatest animation studios, not because not only because of the hard work and the efforts that they put into their stories mm-hmm. and animation, but also with the theatrical release. Like people recognize them because 
they were in theaters first and they have that honor of doing so. I feel like they were the preeminent animation studio to legitimize really the modern animated movie. Absolutely. And the modern experience of that, that these movies were for not just for kids. They were for everybody. They were for all adults. And that studio comes with a history of that having really changed the whole marketplace when it came to animated movies that you could, that parents could enjoy it along with their children. And I feel like they're just being relegated to now this platform just to try to boost subscriptions. It's just really sad what's happening to them yeah. on this. Yeah, absolutely. And it's frustrating for theater owners who, you know, want to invest, want to be a good partner, want to advertise, want to throw it, you know, create enthusiasm, run their trailers, you know, post on their social media. And then to, for nothing, for, for free for the studio is just unacceptable. So I was more mad about this because I just felt like there was no justification for this one. Like, if anything, Disney could have just done day and dating. I mean, they really could have just day and dated. There's no reason to ever announce a film as being theater exclusive and then pull it anymore. Like, that's uncalled for. Yeah, I just hate the backstabbing, but of that that's what it feels like is a backstab on this yeah. one and and disney has their reasons they have their metrics they they have looked at it but i really feel like these decisions are not coming from a place of a film making studio mm-hmm. anybody in this industry this comes from a wall street this comes from high up executives and this comes from you know financial advisors pushing numbers around saying like oh we need to boost subscriptions in the second quarter or the first quarter of 2022 to meet you know shareholder demands yeah yeah that's probably what it all comes down to based on these decisions and it's not like you can't have pixar make stuff for streaming like that's perfectly fine we just don't like that it's costing theaters right when you announce it them and you're yeah. yeah, and you're making those announcements, but then mm-hmm. you pull away from them. And then you pull away, and it's just just whiplash for the studios. Yeah. I mean, it, it or for the for the theaters, but it does open a runway if somebody were to want to come in. They're really like we said, there is no um, kids content until April. I mean, if anything, Sonic is going to be enormous because there will have been nothing until it. Yeah, very possible. Um, so I really hope Sony either moves up Sonic or, you know, to... Paramount. Or Paramount moves up Sonic into March so that we we can capture all the spring breaks. That would be that would be smart now that we don't have anything else. And then Sonic has a huge runway before bad guys. Yeah. I mean, a move is definitely not going to happen anytime soon, at least no. in January, because we're still... Or at least studios are still waiting it out to see how Omicron, you know, the surge of Omicron is going to do and how it affects things. But I think at least in February, and if things are settling a lot better, I don't see why a studio like a Sony or, or not a Sony, maybe Universal or a Paramount that has a kids movie, why not do it in March? Yeah, why not get the spring break weekend or the weeks in March where spring break is happening across the country? I mean, you would have multiple weeks of that in various pockets and you have nothing else in the marketplace. I just think that's 
would be a good move. And you're right. Like they are waiting to see how Omicron is going to change things. And, you know, we're, this was the same problem throughout this whole pandemic where the executives live, where those people that make the decisions on these types of things, their perception of how bad Omicron is or how good Omicron is doing, that is all determined by what their perception of it is. And, and it's different in the coast than it is in, in the heartland. And it's different in LA than it is in, you know, Iowa and stuff. And so we, we are kind of beholden to what's happening in those areas. And if Omicron is bad and surging in those markets, those are top markets for these films. And of course they're not going to want to go and push back on that. So that just really dictates what happens to the rest of the country, unfortunately. Yep. Yep. Sadly, that's the case. Um, and I guess with this conversation that we're having that can lead into booking strategies that you might have for us, Cody, I mean, we're in the middle of, um, January, it's going to be kind of rough in the second half of it, but is yeah. Spider-Man still going to hold? Is Scream going to be the golden ticket? What are what are you thinking here? Well, I don't think we're going to see anything really stand out. I think Scream is doing, it will open just fine this weekend. Three million so far for early showings, yeah, I, I think. Was, my, my thought was that it would be over 10. So I was hoping for 15 for it to start. Not sure. huge, but I feel like that's kind of a, a really decent opening. Um, I, I don't think anything that's going to really happen on the 21st. I don't think redeeming love. I kind of expect less than 10 on that one. Just, it has a really small print count. I was going to say it's probably a bit more limited. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think anything that weekend. And then, and then starting in February, we've got Jackass and Moonfall. And I think that those really serve different audiences and I can see those both doing pretty good on that Lionsgate's really good at targeting the exact locations it needs. Mm-hmm. And, you know. For Moonfall. Yeah, yeah for Moonfall. They, they have uh, Moonfall. Yeah. And for Jackass, you know, I, I have a lot of exhibitors be like, oh, not a Jackass movie. I don't really want to play that. But given the pandemic, given who's going, teenagers and young adults, and I know Jackasses are, but it's it's theater exclusive. I can see that doing some business. I'm curious a little bit about the teenage demographic with Jackass because I don't think this audience is Jackass fans. I don't think that's right. They're too young for it. Right. I mean, it's possible that they could have been shown it or it's possible that that type of humor could, you know, transcend the generation. I think it's definitely young adults, maybe even older adults, but they're, yeah, they're the ones going right now. No, you're right. You're right. I wouldn't, I, I think that'll do okay. And it's just kind of that submersive behavior that, Mm -hmm. you know, people are feeling right now. Mm -hmm. I read it. I read this crazy article about how young people are taking up smoking again, like smoking rose this last year. Wow. And it's just this pandemic has just made people crazy, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So why not a jackass movie? I mean, sure, they can have a quick smoke and then they'll come right in and have a good laugh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> also, so, don't smoke, kids. Come oh, yeah. On. Don't smoke. We are not endorsing that. I was like really shocked. And like in this day and age, you're like, where not we, my boys. <laughs> how, much, how much cancer is rampant and you're going to put one of those? Ugh. I, well, I was shocked. But... It's either that or COVID. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the mindset. I don't know. But that, that makes me very Weird, sad. Right? Yeah. Because it seems like this new generation. Um, is very mindful of 
everything of everything so woke but they're i didn't want to use that word because you know that's a lame way to phrase it but yeah sure yeah but it's there i feel like there's a hint of rebellion going on people are rebelling against mandates or the pandemic or just being stuck inside whatever it is there's i guess it's teenagers too you have to you know there always has to be a bit of rebellion so maybe it was inevitable anyway well it's like young adults and how they had, had they had grown up with vaping and how some of them think that smoking a cigarette was healthier than vaping because vaping was the new evil thing i was gonna say wasn't it like a few years ago (laughs) vaping was supposed to be considered healthier than and then then they realize that you put all that and it causes so much like actual damage in your lungs right but i can't imagine cigarettes with all the chemicals associated with them are better but it might (laughs) it might taste better right I well, don't you know. don't want cotton candy flavored <laughs> whatevers. Yeah, what what <laughs> Yeah, there's no way it can't be better than the cotton candy flavored vaping, right? Yeah. <laughs> Either way, what it all tangent. sounds miserable to me, so yeah. I'm good. So, I guess for the bookings, my biggest thing has been trying to find something else to fit in, something that uh, you know, as PG that can, we, we can play for a week or two or that I can play off the break later for a week and, and just filler. We're just doing filler to get us to February and more product. And so there's a couple films. There's, um, the King's daughter by Gravitas. I'm looking at that. That's PG. That's got Pierce Brosnan in it. Um, it's definitely not top tier material, but it's something and it, and I think the rating makes it really attractive. Um, there's also tiger rising with queen Latifah and Dennis Quaid again with a PG rating Mm -hmm. and just can be really attractive, just good filler. Not that I'm expecting a lot out of it, but it just does offer something new because I can't play 10 weeks of Spider-Man or scene in some of these smaller locations. I mean, the big, the big, multiplexes will be playing all of that probably even through february i mean there must be some older couple out there who is realizing there's a pg dennis quaid movie and that could (laughs) be right up their alley they they, they're out there right i think they're out there i don't and (laughs) And that's all you need that you know you just gotta find them and then you'll be fine maybe if they're befuddled by all the streaming services and they're like it's just too much i just need dennis quaid yeah Get that where's, guy back in there. Where's that streaming service? <laughs> yeah. Only Dennis Quaid movies. Down on Main Street. <laughs> yeah. Just, you gotta go to it, though. At your local movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of it. Just trying to get to February where we have a lot of product and just looking forward to coming out what's coming out the rest of the year. I feel like this year overall looks really strong. And there's a lot some, of stuff from lot being of pushed back. So. Yeah. And there's a lot of good stuff from being pushed back yeah i would say so so we should get into that so what kyle like when we go through this what's on your top tier um we maybe we should take it month by month yeah so february i don't really think there's going to be anything to where it's a surefire right hit i mean there is you know something like death on the nile which you know might play well for the older audiences might be kind of a safe bed but i also I think don't so. think it's gonna be you know anything massive and we shouldn't expect it to be it's nope. you know an adult mystery movie and the adult type films don't necessarily play well at least for the time being right um it does 
have Army Hammer, which has a lot of controversy around him. Although I just think the audience it's targeting isn't going to be checking celebrity gossip and is probably very unaware of what's going on with him. Yeah, so I think I that works in the movie's favor as long as they don't play up him or... And they haven't. Uh, yeah, Marketing's and, begun for this movie. They keep him hidden. Right. Just put Gal Gadot front and center of everything and Kenneth Brown on, I think we'll be good <laughs> on that. Yeah. I, I expect some business, not a ton. Um, another film would be Uncharted. I Is that in February or March? That, it's in February. Oh, February, February. Right, 18th. right, right. Okay, yep. Um, I feel like that one has a lot of potential and momentum with Tom Holland coming off Spider-Man it, uh, to be something. But the movie has moved around a lot. The video game has not had a new iteration in a while. The timing of it, I think they missed their opportunity to really capture when it was in the zeitgeist a lot. But who knows? This, this movie has been like 10 years in the making. Too, yeah. So. I mean, Mark Wahlberg <laughs> is in it. And when they first greenlit this, he was supposed to play the younger character. That's he how... was supposed to play Nathan Drake, the yeah. lead character. Yeah. And that's how long this has been in production. And, ha- and, and then... now he's playing like the older uh, sidekick or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I, there are have been some release issues with it, some production, like just the time it took to where... They might ha- they missed out on when Uncharted was a really big game, but I think hopefully the momentum of Tom Holland having been in Spider Man will be like, oh, let's check out his next thing that looks really fun. And see, that's where I question. You don't the think movie. it'll translate? I don't think so. I feel like despite people saying I love Tom Holland, they're saying I, I love him as Spider Man. Yeah. And I think right now with so many audiences only wanting to go see superhero movies and and specifically Marvel. Right. They're going to see Tom Holland, and they will like Tom Holland, but I don't think they'll be willing to go out Because of Tom Holland. Exactly. But I am hoping globetrotting movies make a comeback between this and The Lost City. I kind of hope this becomes a genre that um, comes from the dead, but I'm not optimistic. National um, Treasure? Yeah, National Treasure. Feel um, that treasure hunting, like mystery, but like family friendly yeah. kind of, yeah, like or or yeah, I I would I would love for that, but that's where I worry about this movie mm-hmm. maybe underperforming. So I'm hoping. See, Tom Holland, whenever he followed up Spider Man with another film, it's always been smaller scale and really more adult fare. Like Cherry is what I'm thinking of. Oh sure, yeah, and. Um, and I just, that would never translate. That would never builds on the momentum of what you're, you're trying to create, not trying to typecast Tom Holland, but he needs to be in that fun action, action hero, um, persona to keep, to keep creating that. And so I'm thinking Uncharted is a way better follow-up than any of his previous stuff has been to, to a Spider-Man movie. And so I'm hoping that that, that's the only reason I think it might translate because they're similar rating, similar like enthusiasm, you know, like stuff, uh, action energy about them. So I'm hoping that's good, but yeah, me too. I'm definitely looking forward to that from in the middle of February from Mm -hmm. universal. I think it'll be, I think it'll do well. It at least won't have much competition. Universal Sony. Sorry. Sony. Oh, did you say Disney? No, I said Universal because oh, I was okay. looking at Marry Me, which I was. I don't think we'll do any business. I feel like that's a cringe movie, but we'll go on from that. Yeah, yeah, we've said it enough times, and we'll yeah. talk about more in the coming weeks. Um, 
but yeah, it'll that could hold over well until March, the beginning of March, where the Batman comes out. Yes, which slam dunk. Yeah, we all slam, know. slam dunk. Lock it up. <laughs> all know everybody wants to see the Batmans. Yeah, um, no matter who is playing it, I know some people are probably still not on the Pattinson train. Meanwhile, I am, but it, but but at the same time, I do acknowledge that Batman is the name. Yeah. It doesn't matter about the actor necessarily, right. so it'll be good and it's now rated pg-13 which will probably play a bit better than the r rating that people were speculating about i think some people are really hoping for an r rating like this would be in the vein of the joker uh diehard fans kind of were there's no way warners was going to take a take a risk with their batman franchise by making it r like it Mm, has to be pg-13 you have to get the teenagers and all audiences into it see it for it to do any business and this this is going to be a big, this sets off their kind of next iteration of DC films. So they need this to do really well. Yeah. Yeah. So be looking very excited for the Batman. Um, some other ones that I'm like, Oh, I've got some questions about Down Abbey. They're a sequel to Down Abbey. We don't no longer have a TV show. It already had a movie. What was the point of this one? Other than to like kind of revisit, but is the Down Abbey craze over with now? Like, are we past that in the cultural zeitgeist? So, mm, interesting. I do, do have my concerns about that. The first, when they first went out, it's Focus, so it's not uh, big Universal. Um, and I have a feeling that they're just going to go limited with it, which is what they did with the first one when there was tons of enthusiasm for it. I hope that they go wider on this one, but. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they stuck with where the first one did really well and that was it. I'll be a bit more optimistic. I think the Downton Abbey fans are very united and they'll be very excited to see what comes next despite the show being over. I just think that this demographic also is probably very concerned about quote-unquote risking themselves to go right. to the theaters so that's where I think the issue mainly lies, not necessarily the hype for Downton Abbey being over, but I, I hear where you're coming from too. Like it is possible, but I'll be more optimistic about it. Um, another notable one is the Unbreakable Boy. I think the only way Lionsgate is going to get a real like success on their hands is if you tie in with schools on this one. This one I feel like will have to be really driven by schools. I can't remember off the top of my head what their last film that was very similar to this was. Oh, um, oh, oh, wonder. Yes. Wonder. Thank you. Had to dig that out of my brain. That one, we, they went limited, but it was really school programs that and churches that really mm-hmm. dictated um, where that got played and how well that did. And very I, uplifting story about a young kid just mm-hmm. overcoming um, autism and yeah, living in exactly. the world and stuff. So, um, yeah, very feel good, uplifting movie. But I really think that um, this is definitely you will need if. If you are thinking about playing this, reach out to the schools now, gauge their interest on it, because um, I'm not sure how the general audience, how it'll do for general audiences. And you really need that extra push that you need those that those extra sellouts, I think, to do real business on this one. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and then what's anything for March or is it oh. on to April where we have well, more then we, well, we mentioned Lost City. I just think that looks really fun. That's yeah, I do too. Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, and Brad Pitt. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I hope, was I, hope I was this looking movie does at well. it, and I was kind of like I was looking at the one sheet of it, and I was like, oh, I kind of wish this was Ryan Reynolds in it, like back, like re, re coming back from the proposal. Like, I think that would have hurt the movie. You think continue. it would have hurt it? Continue though. Finish. It I up. thought they had such great chemistry from the proposal. And oh, absolutely. Maybe with, because it was Betty White's death, and I loved her in that movie, and mm-hmm. so I just had it on my mind. And I'm looking at this, and I'm like. I don't not in love with Channing Tatum. And so I was just like, oh, I kind of feel like she would do so, so good with Ryan Reynolds there. And then the idea that like Brad Pitt comes in and it's just more handsome than Ryan Reynolds. But again, I kind of, my only concern if he, he had been in it was that he would do his normal shtick and, and it wouldn't be as funny as Channing Tatum just, uh, the way they went with Channing Tatum. So I like the way they went with Channing Tatum for the character. I do too. I just thought that was a good opportunity to bring them back because they did have such great chemistry in that film and the th- proposal. I think that would have been a great idea two years ago. Yeah. Two or three. But I think we're now reaching a point where audiences are now seeing the shtick of Ryan Reynolds. And he's done this for years before Deadpool, right. so it's always annoyed me. But I think we're now getting to that point where if Saturated. he's not in... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if he's not in the Deadpool suit, then they'll be slightly annoyed by it. Except for Free Guy. I think they're giving Free Guy a pass because it's a very good movie. He was toned down. His shtick was toned down in that a mm, lot. I, I wouldn't agree with that. I mean, at least toned down for like, you know, the PG... Or no, it was PG-13. But it was yeah. still family-friendly enough. Right. Um. So that's the one thing I would disagree with with that casting. But like I said, Globe Trying movies, I hope they make a comeback because it's like a comedy too. It's like a com- action yeah, comedy. Yeah, the stone, but you yeah. know, for this generation. I'm actually really excited about this one. I think this one will be good for the ladies on this one because it's just, it'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now we're into April. And it looks like the start of it is going to be with Morbius. Mm-hmm. to be determined to be determined but for now we will say that it's in april and it has the marvel stamp of approval despite it being distributed by sony so i feel like this will be um a title that theaters obviously should play yeah yeah i think you know we talked about it morbius i feel has lost the momentum of coming off of spider-man i think it would have done better it's darker it's not as well known as venom Mm -hmm. i think they're treating it like it's going to be a venom and be great all on its own but i think it could have really used the momentum of spider-man to come off of it even though they're not really well to do really well to be that nat next venom it needed some it needed a push Mm -hmm. um and i just don't think they're going to get that now from this so that's okay. It's still, I don't think, going to do poorly. No, um, no, no. I agree with that. But yeah, the I, I don't think the timing is very is is good for this in April. Um, but the big ones I think will be probably the standout, and I would say probably do the best out of the whole month is Sonic the Hedgehog too. I know so many kids are excited for that. We will have had a dearth of kids' films by then. I'm eyeballing Sonic as to be the big film in April. Yeah, and I think um back in 2020 when sonic was becoming a surprise hit before the pandemic Mm -hmm. shut everything down like it was going to become a movie that people would remember a lot more and it was going to be even more of a surprise hit Mm -hmm. than how it started off with so i think there still could be momentum because it wasn't really that long ago to where it's really going to get its due and be continue to be that surprise hit um and yeah, I, I, I wasn't particularly a fan of it, but obviously the movie's not for me, but I think they're <laughs> at least 
going in the right direction with targeting the kid demographic. Oh, going in the right direction. It's got Jim Carrey even more yeah. Oh, yeah. like crazy in that role, Perfect. which is awesome. Yeah, I, and and you're introducing tails and knuckles to it, so you've expanded the the cast there a little bit, and it had more animated characters, which makes it a, like ups the level a lot yeah, more. more anime characters to go off of Sonic and not just James Marsden. Yeah. I think that's a bit more of a sell than (laughs) it was before. But hey, that's just my opinion of a 26-year-old adult. And this is my hot take. It's going to outdo Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Do you mean opening or domestic total? I think domestic total. Wow. I like that. I like that hot take. Hot take. (laughs) I'm betting all my trips on Sonic for that month. Um. Fair enough. Fantastic Beasts 3 comes after Sonic, I believe. It's the next week. Right. And obviously it's Wands and Wizards and Harry Potter, so it will open well. And be all audiences, more so than Sonic. Right. But I do think there's a lot of... Have been burned too many times. I think audiences have been burned too many times. There's been signs from each opening weekend that there's a decline. Mm -hmm. And I still think that there's the fan base that is upset with the whole Johnny Depp fiasco, despite the casting change happening. And I still think people are upset with JK Rowling as well. I think so too. Despite her, I don't think being involved. It kind of sounds like she's not, but that those are my worries. And it makes me, Mm -hmm. you know what? Maybe I'm going to be siding with you about this. Maybe Sonic will do better than fantastic beast. I, cause I I think I kind of convinced myself, but normally though yeah. you would go with fantastic beasts it's harry potter and in april it should be yeah. it should be amazing it just i just got so burned on the last one april's kind of an odd month yeah, for that because it's too. not really summer and but it's not spring break like you can get a big march title march into april because of the spring breaks so you can get sure. if you time it just right where they align up it'll it could be really good and then you have spring breaks across the nation, so you get these bumps. So overall, it works out. But, mm-hmm. ooh, uh, yeah, April's a weird month. May is where you really see summer kick off. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's go on. Yeah, last notable mention would be Bad Guys. I think that looks like a great animated feature. Another kid's title two weeks after Sonic. That one's from Universal. That one is, yeah. And I think that that'll have a lot of marketing. I think that'll do really good. The voice cast is great in it. I'll be so. curious about how they play against each other. Yeah. Yeah. It, how funny. It, but it'll be good. I hope there's a lot of humor in it. And then yeah. Ambulance. Also, is that also from Universal? Yeah. That's, that. uh, yeah, Michael Bay action movie. I believe it's coming out April. A lot more shaky cam. 8th? Yeah. Something yes. like that. April 8th. Thank you. Um, A lot more shaky cam, just like what we know of Michael Bay to do. I feel like there is burnout from Michael Bay, despite him not being in Transformers for the last couple of years now. But I don't know. It You can't deny that Michael Bay has a sense for making an experience mm-hmm. with, you know, theaters, whether they're good or bad, you know, who's to say. But he does have a cinematic touch when it comes to his movies. So may, maybe there's potential, but... Yeah. Uh, I, I do I kind know. of feel like we've seen this... this set up before i could be i just don't feel like it's super original concept but it's an action movie and it's got a great cast and yeah jake gyllenhaal yep michael bay's 
behind it so that you know there's going to be some big action scenes. So, I mean, it's universal, so you know it would be very well marketed. Oh, yeah. That's why I give it a notable mention. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we'll move on from there, yep. go into May, where it there's starts like, to be the kickoff of official summer, I guess. There's so many big titles in May that, that there's... They're so big, the titles in May, that there's not very many titles in May. So I yeah, think if I, I get what you're saying. There's one, two, three, four, five wide releases in May. Five. Mm-hmm. One each weekend, basically. A lot of great openings. So we, in this month of May, we have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. We have Top Gun Maverick. And that's we, not in May, is it? Yeah, May twenty seventh. It's Memorial Weekend, end of May. Oh, it's the okay. weekend that we I forgot. I guess. Yeah, and then we have um, DC League of Super Pets and Bob's Burgers. So, of those, what do you think is going to take it? Is it going to be Top Gun or is it going to be Doctor Strange? I can't think that. <sighs> I I have to think that Top Guns will be moved because no, they've got they've got Memorial Weekend. Memorial Weekend. Oh, you're right. That's They're that not, last weekend of May, isn't Bob's it? Bob's Burgers okay. and Top Gun. I was worried because Doctor Strange is clearly what all audiences are going to be wanting to see. But I guess that is at the start of May, which means yeah. that there'll be enough time to wear the hype for top three Gun weeks. Okay, that might help. Yeah, you got a three week one runway, and then okay. you've got Top Gun. That makes me less uh, nervous for that. Then uh, anyway, what was your question? What one's going to do big? Yeah. I think Doctor Strange will. I agree with you, yeah. only because it'll appeal to younger audiences. I think Top right. Gun was and still is our most requested film from exhibitors throughout the whole pandemic it was like when is james bond when is top gun and everybody is really eye top gun but top gun i think plays to adults i don't think there's anything in it for teenagers and i think that's where marvel and dc just have them be on this i agree um i mean comic book movies have have them be that's what i mean by that i do I do wonder if Top Gun is a movie that is transcending generations and the, this new generation is being introduced to it or not. Personally, I don't really feel like that's the case, but it seems like everyone else is saying the opposite. So I that's why I have to go with Doctor Strange, but I do think Top Gun is going to be awesome in theaters. Oh, for sure. I would never see this anywhere but a theater. You can't be sure. in the yeah, cockpit yeah. of those planes and all realistic stunts yeah. all filmed in the moment and not see it in a on the big screen with yeah. the sound and everything oh my gosh yeah no that's that and i would say even the same for dr strange with all the effects that we're gonna have in that yeah I, you wouldn't want to see that in the theater that would not be the same experience at home yeah at all i totally agree well uh, what's next so i think that takes care of may i honorable mention of uh, the DC League of Super Pets. I think that's got a great voice cast. Probably will play very similar to um, uh, Life Secret Life of Pets. Oh, if yeah. It, you know, that's kind of what I'm thinking it'll be that's like. That's a good comp for it. I like yeah. that. Um, and then Bob's Burgers. And we haven't had, like, a TV show get a movie in a long time. And we'd be outside Downton Abbey. And so, I don't or, know. Or at least something like an adult animated show like right. a, a simpsons i mean that might be the last one or 
or right. the so- or South, South Parks, Parks, you know. Yeah. And um, is Bob's it Burgers have, on it, the same level as those ones? I don't know. This one not is necessarily, just... but it does have its popularity. Mm-hmm. Um, it is still running on air, so that yeah. does help it. It's and the not... show's great. I love yeah. that show. So it, it may be happy to see the trailer for that finally. <laughs> Linda in the burger outfit with <laughs> yeah. a bikini. She's like, sex sells. She's in a burger mascot outfit. <laughs> uh, the show, I don't know. That show is just charming and I love it. So I- I'll be happy to see that movie once it yeah. comes out. Not, I don't, not my top tier, but not bad. I think that'll do some business. That might be like the one adult centered movie that could work. Yeah. And then we have now June. Right. Not a ton of films. June is dominated by Jurassic World Dominion. Oh, yeah. At the start of it, right? Lightyear. And that's kind of it. Um, And then there's, then there's, you know, not a lot after that. So. But that could be good for, I mean, even Top Gun to have some space before Jurassic World comes out on June 10th. And I think that will be good for theaters to be so focused on Jurassic World because I think that's really going to do well. Um, I don't trust Disney not to do something with Lightyear so I suggest exhibitors just don't play that trailer yet until we get closer and we know. That's a good point. Because you don't want to get burned like you did with with Turning Red. Now it's not Pixar so... It is. Is it? Yeah. Okay so I take that back. It is Pixar. So yeah. who knows? I I will say the glimmer of hope in this is that because Lightyear is part of an IP like Toy Story and it's so familiar that they wouldn't risk this movie doing so well in theaters because of right. it. But I I totally understand where you're coming from in, in that we at this point, why should we trust that? Right. Like looking at it. But that I, would just be my that's I, a glimmer of hope. I would have been sure bet. Sure bet on yes. this. I yes, just yes, don't yes, trust yes. it's gonna stay there. Another honorable mention would be The Black Phone. I think this looks like such an intriguing horror film. It The concept is what's getting me on this one. I agree, but I don't like the June release date. I, I think it should have stuck with February and it yeah. would have done much better. I see it's this It's not one. a summer fil- film. This yeah. is this is sad. This is especially like, close to the 4th of July holiday. Yeah, this is about a kid that's being trapped in soul- the souls of previous kids that were taken by this murderer and killed help him escape that is not summer film that is that is shoulder season film for right there and so i do not think that's gonna do huge i just mention it because i liked the concept so much and it's i hate it that they moved it yeah i'm with you there um and speaking of the fourth of july weekend that's when minions the rise of Gru comes out it's coming out july 1st huge slam dunk on that one i am so excited for this i always liked the idea of a young grew with the minions and how their relationship really forms. And I'm just so excited for this one. I think my boys are going to love it. Oh yeah. Your boys and everyone (laughs) else's kids. And yeah. Oh, and who doesn't love the minions and we haven't had a minions movie in forever. And like we said, when we took them to scene two, that the, the minions seeing the illumination song at the beginning got as much or more excitement and enthusiasm from the audience than the actual movie. Like it's, a like a Beatles concert. Yeah. They're like, it's the minions. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. They probably sound like minions cheering on for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and following right behind that is Thor Love and Thunder, which, yeah, Marvel stamp of approval. It, Thor Ragnarok was fantastic. And everyone from that movie is right. coming back. We should 
agree to disagree on its fantasticness of Ragnarok, but mm, well, did do great. I I wish we have some more sneak peeks. I know we're like seven months out on this, so we're not going to get anything soon. But it would have been nice to at least see Natalie Portman a hint of her outfit and her taking on the mantle of Thor and what this is going to look like, and just give audience a little bit of idea to start building up anticipation for it. So I'd like them to start getting something out now for that. I think we'll have to wait a bit longer. You think we're going to wait till Dr. Strange for them to do a hint of the next thing to come? Well, yeah, I mean, unless if they decide to spend money for a Super Bowl spot, which that doesn't really happen very much these days, I would say, yeah, it's probably going to be closer to Dr. Strange. Crazy. But I think, so I do have a, you know, that one's an unknown for me. I think Marvel, you think it's an on-max slam dunk, but it's just, it's just an unknown for me at this point. Really? Still. Yeah. Jeez. I, okay. I, I, I don't think it'll be, I think it'll be great. And I, I think it'll do better than Black Adam, which comes out at the end of the month. Um, but I wouldn't. I, I just don't know. I don't know how I feel about Natalie Portman taking over the mantle and what it, and I was felt really burned with them destroying Asgard in the third one. So I maybe it's my personal it's lack def- of enthusiasm yeah, it, it for is. this. <laughs> Could be that too. We try Meanwhile, it as I'm much- thinking of it from the industry perspective. <laughs> I try to get our personal feelings out of it as much as possible, but oh, for it's sure. hard. I, I'm guilty of that too. I just had to, I just yeah. had to tease you about it. Um, so what are some, so, but you had some concern about Black Adam. Um, concern maybe. I just think it's such a unknown character for general audiences that maybe they would rather spend their money on Thor over it. Right. Although I can't deny the that The Rock is really good on social media. Yeah. He really knows how to get audiences to come out to see a movie of his. Not all the time, but nine out of 10 times he he's has, able to. He has it. such a huge social media presence and he will definitely be promoting this. I think he is as good as Tom Cruise in promo- promoting his films. I would agree with that. Yeah. Tom, Tom Cruise is old school promotion, like in person at conventions, like doing a whole promotional circuit. But um, the rock, I think, uh, Dwayne Johnson has, um, he, he's really good about his social media. He has such that over the top personality that it really translates. And I think between that and it being a DC property, which is yeah. recognizable more so than the character, I think that could help it be, you know, a good, a, a good opening for sure. Mm-hmm. And then two notable, um, films are, bullet train and nope what are your thoughts about on those i think when it comes to nope it's being directed by um uh, oh shoot i'm spaced on his name jordan peele yeah and while you're not as big a fan no. of jordan peele i can't you can't deny that he gets a big nope for me okay <laughs> jordan peele nope in my book because clearly he hates cinemas he does he does or he would have supported us in the pandemic right um, but you can't deny that for general audiences, he's one of the few directors whose name kind of sells a movie. Like you, what do you get out of him is that you get such a weird horror premise that you have to see it in the theater immediately. Mm-hmm. And while, you know, maybe the pandemic will, if it keeps continuing, uh, throughout this summer that maybe it won't get as big of openings as say get out or as good of performances as get out and us did. 
but at least when it comes to its opening, like I feel like it's a safe bet to say that Nope will do pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. And then Bullet Train, it's a bit unknown currently, but it's an action thriller that I feel like could at least pop, but I still need to see something out of it. Yeah. Agreed. And then, you know, when you get into August, September, October, November, it just, that's just so far away. You just really, there's nothing really on those. But the things that I would know is that in September, we have a Mission Impossible 7. Tom mm-hmm. Cruise will be out really promoting that. There, That one will be huge. I, I'm looking forward to that. We've got Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. That's the animated Spider-Man. Yep. The sequel. And that, I think, will play up in all of the good things that have come out for spider-man so i don't think any spider-man hype will have died by october yeah audiences are more on board with the whole multiverse aspect of it and um while spider-man the first spider-verse movie wasn't necessarily a home run hit it still has gained enough awareness to where everyone's on board with that animation and that story so they'll be coming back for this i like miles morales's character i loved the animation style i thought it was so cool looking at it great movie it's awesome so good and then we in october we have halloween ends which i think nobody went to halloween kills because it's the second and they want to see how it ends so this one will be much bigger i think people audiences were holding out for this one of the horror audiences for it i'm hoping that's the case but i think audiences are big sticklers when it comes to delivering them and giving momentum to something so while halloween everyone loved it and they couldn't wait for the next one halloween kills didn't deliver it was a stumbling block for sure it It was was more so than i ever expected it to be yeah so i feel like that could hurt halloween ends i'm hoping that's not the case because it's at the perfect time obviously Mm -hmm. to be released but if it wasn't able to stick the landing last time, I don't know if they're willing to give it another shot. Right. Then in November, we've got the flash and black Panther right next one to of each those, other. Yeah. One week right after each other. Some, I have a feeling one of those will move. Yeah. Obviously they're going to do great. Yeah. But one of them has to move. They can't be that close to each other. I, I think everybody's in, interested to see these for, the mess of the productions like the what has happened to that's the flash a good way to describe like it. what are they going to do with it now they're going to take it in a new direction but it's been years and yes and then on black panther how can you possibly go forward without chadwick boseman like right how, how is that going to work so yeah those will be interesting one of them ha- i would think has to move i'm surprised one of them's not um on thanksgiving weekend like not closer to Thanksgiving. Mm, yeah, I guess <coughs> at least if let's say Black Panther. Well, okay, it's Disney. Let's say if the Flash pushed it back two weeks to um, I think it would be the smart move. It could that could be good for theaters and for both studios. I think that would be a smart move for them. Yeah, I hope you're listening, Warner Brothers. But I do think. Well, actually, wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. You continue. Okay. So then we've got December mm-hmm. and there's only two films that we should even be talking about. Aquaman mm-hmm. two, Avatar two, Kyle, which one do you think is going to, is going to take the, the Christmas holiday corridor? And do you think they're going to move? Well, both of them could move to be honest. I mean, yeah. if Avatar sticks with its release date of December 16th and Aquaman two is there as well, 
if both Avatar, December sixteenth, right now. What? They're both December sixteenth. Yes, right yes, now. correct. Um, if Avatar stays, Aquaman two for sure will move. But we've seen Avatar move all the time. Yeah. I just don't know when this is, movie will come out. Is it going to even be ready? Is I don't. We don't know. I know. We don't know. And the only way that I could see them, uh, Disney sticking with this release date is because they're Disney. And despite James Cameron being able to make it work with Fox being able to switch the release dates, I feel yeah. like Disney would be telling him, no, this movie needs to be done. Right. Like, this is why we bought Fox to begin him? with. Yeah, like, is he, is he even done with this? Is Will it be done? That remains to be seen. I'm My money's still on Aquaman 2. I know Avatar 2 will probably be better. I just, I'm so, it's Avatar is so so old to me and i'm over it's it and it didn't and it didn't hold up like if you tried to watch the first avatar that it's so boring there's a lot of complaints about it holding up it's yeah. just not it's awful up. the story is awful there's nothing i am interested in about avatar 2 like and then there's gonna be four of them i think yeah I'm just supposed not, to be four more ugh, i'm over it so, I'm, I'm on me some aquaman train toot, toot. so if avatar 2 does move and aquaman stays then I think that's great because the last time Aquaman was released, it was during the Christmas season and somehow it made a billion dollars worldwide. I mean, it's yeah. a fun movie, but a billion dollars, holy cow. Now, I don't think Aquaman 2 is going to make that mark again, but Probably at least not. at least we have seen that it can work during that season. Yeah. Um, But if Avatar 2 does stick, then... I'm going to be wrong and not being optimistic for it, but it also is probably going to break box office records because it's James Cameron. So, but I don't know. You can't put James Cameron in the corner. You can't discount him at all. Exactly. And I know that we understand that. And we are going to do that throughout the year because we're just trying to be as realistic as possible because audiences behaviors with movie theaters have changed and especially their tastes have changed as well right like would avatar have done so well if if there wasn't the need to have seen it in 3d at the time and have that experience i never would have saw that movie if i hadn't been like i need to see what this 3d thing is all is all about well on top of the the technology itself to make that world come to life as much as it did um helped us well but now it's been more than 10 years we're so used to technology like this being used in almost you know every day of our lives like even television is using some revolutionary technology to make some of their shows work you know Mm -hmm. like the star wars shows for example so i just think that appeal for the technology is kind of lost at this point and it's not necessarily a seller as it was 10 years ago but i don't know maybe james cameron came up with something even more revolutionary i don't know but (laughs) if he didn't though and it was purely based off story i don't know if he's got the story i want to i want to go see but yeah i don't know i'm not saying aquaman 2 is just so much better story wise like (laughs) i'm not saying like this is a crown jewel and experience that you've got i don't know they had an octopus playing the drums as they had two battles going to war or two armies going to war. I mean, so it's not the pinnacle of, c- of cinema, cinema here. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not arguing that at all. <laughs> I'm just saying it's more fun. And I want to look at Jason Momoa at the, at the bare minimum. These movies are safe bets to play, yeah. obviously, 
but one of them does have to move. At least and, they're not rated R. At least we don't have R-rated yeah. movies at Christmas. This is very exciting to me. I would yes, have yes, two yes. huge blockbusters. The only thing I wish is that we would have an animated title. If I could just have something animated in there, that would be great. Oh, some I think something might happen with that down the road. Yeah. I don't see that. There's no way there isn't an anime movie in Christmas. Yeah. So that gets us through the year. That's our kind of our take. Some ones to note, some ones to be like, oh, let's see how they do. But And so much is going to change throughout this year that yeah. everything we said will be wrong. Probably be wrong. <laughs> but yeah, we just um, wanted to not only get people excited for all the great stuff that's coming out this right. year for your business, but... You know, we also just wanted to paint a picture of how all these outcomes could be. That way it's not so scary of thinking like it's all unknown as you head in. Right. No, it's positive. We got we got product. We got great product. It's going to be a banner year for us. We got, we're going to get through this pandemic. It's going to become more like flu. People just live with it. And we're going to get back to business as usual. And it's going to be great. I'm very excited about this year. Yeah. And we're going to be right there every step of the way, of course. Um, and thank you everyone for listening to this episode and for listening to all of our episodes of the off the break podcast. You can find us on all podcast platforms and over at silverscreeninsider.com where if you're a theater that is needing updated and accurate information for all these releases that we talked about, but also for all the marketing assets to help you promote these movies, you can check us out at our website. Yep. Have a great weekend. Bye everyone. <laughs>